Welcome to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. Anne and Courtney are passionate business owners and mothers who are here to help you transition into a career that allows you to work on your own terms and build your own balanced lifestyle. Whether you've already started your own business or are looking to create a path to get there, we're here to give you the resources, tools, encouragement, and community to support you along your journey. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Living Your Balanced Life podcast. The last couple of weeks, we've had some really incredible interviews with Dana and Tiff sharing some of the insight into how they started their business and what's worked for them and a little bit of what hasn't worked for them. And we had to cut part of those episodes out just because of length. And there was some really good takeaways from both of those interviews that we did not share on the first two recordings. We wanted to share some of the highlights from those conversations that we didn't get to feature on the episodes that we aired previously. In this conversation, we talked about what public success looks like and what leads up to those public successes and how sometimes seeing the Instagram feed of success isn't really a true depiction of what happened behind the scenes and why failure is a key component of finding the success that's right for you. We also talk about the state of women in the workforce, how one in four women left the workforce, the traditional workforce in 2020, and that it's predicted that one in four women will leave their current jobs in the next two years. We talk about what this means, especially for working mothers, and how to find opportunities or create opportunities that help other working mothers create balance in their own life and keep them in the workforce long term. Let's dive in. Maybe we need to make cheerleader boards. (laughs) Actually, I have people that have a separate folder in their email and it's called like, you know, wins or Mm. celebrate or, and anytime that someone sends you like an, a compliment or, you know, you have a win, put it in that folder. And then when you're having a bad day, you can go back and you can read through those and you can just it's it's a daily mm-hmm. reminder, right? Of okay, th- these are the successes that we've had or that I've had, and you know, mm-hmm. this is what someone really thought about me um, or how I helped them succeed. And then you just kind of have that cheerleader cheerleader in your back pocket. And I think that's I even more important when you're working potentially by yourself or on a very small team. You're not having team meetings or client calls as you know. There's not as many opportunities for outsiders to remind you that what you're doing is is pretty cool. Yeah. I love it. This was so great. Um, I am just, I am here to be your cheerleader. Thank you. You know, I just, I see what you've done in just such a short amount of time. And it's, it's so inspiring for so many people out there. And, you know, you, you, you had a good process and I'm sure you have your internal struggle, but from the outside looking in, I mean, you're doing it and you're doing it very successfully. And I think that's just a really big inspiration for everyone out there. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking ahead to this summer and thinking about past summers, we're, we have camping trips coming up. The fact that I don't have to worry about taking off that PTO day to go spend that time and, and yes. being that, that flexibility. So that why, although I'm, I'm not making as much as I did yet, I, I plan to be there one day, you know, when I was full-time, but it's well worth it because of all those other things. And with a kid going into kindergarten, I can do that pickup at three, you know, all of these things like that more than makes up for it for me. And I think if, if that's something people are looking for, are those little things that you can't put a price on, then it's time to start thinking and having this conversation with yourself and with others. 
I don't remember exactly where you left off the conversation, but it was talking about, you know, how success and failures and, you know, what happens if you fail, we only see people's wins, you mm-hmm. know, like no one's going around showcasing yes. mm-hmm. their failures. And I guarantee you every behind every successful business is probably a minimum of at least three failed attempts. Oh, and yeah. so you know, it's people get so personally hung up on the failure. You got to be willing to, you know, celebrate the success and know that there's all that failure first. Yeah. And even like, like, you know, and like I had a couple big proposals out and I was feeling really good about one and moderately good about the other and it didn't go through, but they had nothing but nice things to say. So I'm like, you know, at least that was a connection and just trying to take it with a grain of salt and, well, you know, and you'd, and you'd be surprised when you least expect it, they're going to come back around. I had, mm-hmm. um, and this was through one of my clients. So that I do sales for they, you know, I think it was like four years ago, I connected with them and they said no at that time. And I just thought they wanted something different. And they came back to me just like three months ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we finally think we're in a place that we can afford this because we've always wanted to work with you guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, like, so you just never know when things are going to come back around or why the reason that they say no, or that it fails. Like if you, I'm like a firm believer in like, you don't burn any bridges and you Mm -hmm. just always continue to nurture that relationship because you never know when all of a sudden it's going to turn around and become a win for you. Yeah. That's, that's good food for thought because, you know, for a couple of days there, I was down in the dumps and then I moved forward. It's super hard. Well, (laughs) I mean, being in sales, I'm very used to hearing no all the Mm. time, but I think if you don't come from a sales background, like that's really hard to stomach those no's because it's hard not to take things personal. You mm-hmm. know, you, you tie yourself into your business, into the type of person that you are, or at least it's really common. Um, mm-hmm. right. And you just, it, you can't do that because it's right. at the end of the day, it's business, but especially as females, mm-hmm. I think that we tie a lot of emotion into what we do. Yeah. I I just remembered something that I did want to share, but I didn't, but it's fine. Um, Like, I just feel when I was, had first had Eleanor, my first, and I knew of a part-time daycare option and I was like, oh, great. Maybe I could do a part-time job, you know, with my, use my degree. Nothing's part-time. Nothing. It was either full-time or I go, go serving. And I, I'm a little resentful that that still seems the case for people that there's not skilled part-time positions. I know that there are some out there and you talked a little bit about like how Boss Stop Mamas is talking about that. But I just feel like in the future, what if I could maybe build an agency that has a workflow that's flexible and, you know, those people work certain hours, you know, it's just, there's a way to do it. And I I have this. There is. And there's, you know, I don't, it's a big idea and I haven't figured it all out, but like maybe 10 years down the road, that's where I'll be because I would just love to give more skill and like marketing, what better way to grab people? Everyone has a skill set that could somehow transfer into a marketing track, you know? It does. Making yeah. that work. Well, there if you're in tune to that conversation, you'll see, you'll start seeing there is so much chatter around that. And the fact that there are so many working, working or non-working women that are extremely intelligent and successful at what they do. Mm-hmm. but they don't want to be full time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think, and so it's, how can we make those opportunities? I actually know I can think of 
two people specifically that have now built up their business, similar to what you want to do, Dana, that Mm. that have like agency type models Mm -hmm. and the people that are working for them are moms. And, and Sheena is one of, she's our designer. So she did all of our branding. Um, she just recently left her job too. She's working for one of these women. She gave her enough hours so that she could leave her nine to five, you know? Mm. And so that was kind of the situation, um, that led her to be able to say yes. So Mm -hmm. I think those opportunities are out there. They're super hard to find if you Mm -hmm. don't, if you're not connected, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like the hard thing is that in the mainstream job market, Mm -hmm. that type of flexibility just isn't an option. I know that just should, that shouldn't be that way. Like, I hope that's something that shifts here in the next couple of decades is like, moms have a lot to give not to mention they're like your key demographic and so much of the people of the people you're trying to work with like we're sitting there being served these ads and trying to buy all these products for kids and myself and we have a growing income maybe you know like all of the things like it just makes sense like to put them in a box to say no you can't be with your kids for 45 hours a week you have to be here like that's not good for them that's not good for you it's like I just I'm a fan of questioning everything and you know not working that many hours (laughs) Yeah, I think it is shifting a little bit. It's shifting a little bit faster than it was pre-pandemic. It's it well, I mean, just from what I've seen, it seems like there's more opportunity out there than there was pre-pandemic because I think people are more accepting of it. But people are also mm. realizing a quarter of women left the workforce in 2020. Mm. Um, a quarter of women. And mm. a lot of that is because they their jobs weren't flexible. And mm-hmm. how the heck do you make remote right. work or not remote work work when your kids aren't in school? And mm-hmm. um, so I think it was more more so by force than by want. Mm. And now they but, have to find ways to get them back. Well, but they're they're not coming back. And mm. that's the crazy thing. I mean, that was like what started our conversation actually with Ann and I with yeah. this podcast is that all these women left the workforce, but where did they go? Mm-hmm. And 2020 was a record year for new business creation in the United States. And the majority of it was women that mm-hmm. were creating their own businesses to, to do what though? Like, are they starting mm-hmm. an Etsy shop? Are they starting to freelance? Even like my sister-in-law works, she has a, uh, she works in behavioral development health mm-hmm. services and she, she had her third kid and she's like, they don't pay me enough to pay for daycare for three kids. Mm-hmm. And they wound up moving her and they didn't want to lose her. She said she would just quit and become a stay at home mom and start an Etsy shop or whatever that looks like for her. She's mm-hmm. super talented at sewing. They said, no, we'll, uh, we'll adjust and we'll create a work from home position and you can work as many or as few hours as you want. And like, it wasn't because they wanted to do that. It was because they didn't have another option. Mm. Well, but they were at least willing to, you know, make yes. those, you know, yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I was having this conversation with someone earlier this week because it's still a problem. Like mm-hmm. it's still, and, and even though we're seeing a big shift and change, it's still a problem. My opportunity when I went to work at uh, the publishing company in Minneapolis. So this is actually, Dina, this is where I met Sarah. A, the owners had stepped out. And they had a general manager and they hired me. It was a full-time position and they were looking for full-time. I asked for part-time and we 
we were able to agree on it and we, and it worked out. It was a commission only position. So I busted my butt and I worked there for five years and I was killing it. I was making six figures and Mm. I was working three days a week Mm. and the general manager left and the owners came back and the owner who was male hated the fact that I was making so much money only coming in the office three days a week. But I was commission only. I'm yeah, like, it had to fit his mold of what. Yeah, he, and and uh, yeah. and to be honest, it created such a turmoil that I. That's part of the reason why I left. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. It's unfortunate how many places are like like stories I've heard of people. It's getting better because I think I think the pandemic made people realize I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I look at <clears throat> my sister in law works for Target. I don't think Target will ever go back full time in office because they will either they've done better, Mm. you know, since the Mm -hmm. pandemic and their employees are at home. How could they force them back to the office? It makes no sense. Yeah. In that conversation and mentioned that she could think of two women off the top of her head who are working to create part-time opportunities for working mothers who want to keep their foot in the workplace without giving up all of their time for a full-time career. One of those women is Tiff Haft, who was our first ever guest on the Living Your Balanced Life podcast, and she actually talked a little bit about her journey to creating those opportunities for other women that wanted to keep working without being a full-time worker for someone else. Let's listen in. I know I don't want to work more than 25 hours a week, so that means I can only bring on, and I physically can't work anymore. But knowing like at some point you're going to hit a level where you need to delegate, you need to start outsourcing. And so how do you do that strategically so that you find good people, you find like a me for your business, or you find someone that's, that's going to support your business and look at your business like you do. And it's been really fun to, to see these, you know, my clients and, and the people in our circle to kind of grow in that way and start to now also provide this life, this lifestyle to other people, because, and that's part of the reason why I'm really shifting my business into an agency model, because I have a passion to give moms who want to have a side gig, whether they want to work five hours a month or 40 hours a month, an opportunity to work for a really fun team where we get to say when we work, who we work on and, you know, create our own hours and schedule and all of that stuff. And so I feel like that's really been part of like the fun. And, and it's one of those things that goes back to what we said at the beginning about putting good people around you that are going to encourage you and help you in your business. Like it's really hard to do this on, on our own. And so to, to build a team is like, that's been one of the, the biggest things that I didn't realize would make such an impact, but it really has finding amazing people that can kind of be on this journey with me, both friends and on my team. I think what you're saying really resonates with It resonates with people who own a business because we've all gotten to that point of burnout and we've gotten to that point of what do I even do next when I don't have enough time in my day to take on something else, but I can't grow the company without taking on something else. But also for women, well, for for people, um, I don't want to limit it to just women, but just we're all moms on the show right now. And for parents who have kids who know that they don't want to sacrifice that balance that they have with their family. They don't want 
someone else to come in and take the kids to football practice. They want to be there. They want to be at dance. They want to be at theater. They want to be the person that's there for their kids. Well, they still, but they don't want to necessarily sacrifice having a successful career. And so setting that boundary of this is how much time I have available to work. And if we're going to scale, we have to find other good people to work with, but then also finding people that are, have the same values and align with your mindset. You, you know, that those people are going to deliver the same quality of work or deliver up to your expectations that you would have for yourself with your clients. And I find that so interesting with your model. Yeah. And it's, it's hard, like giving up the control. Especially if you're a recovering perfectionist like myself, like it's really hard, but it's one of those things. It's like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more toned it gets. And the more it's like, I'm not doing this. You need to like, I need someone to do that. Who wants to do this? (laughs) It's like, that's usually my team messages. Like, Hey, do you have time to do this? Can you do this? It's been on my list all week. I didn't get to it. I need someone else to take it. Um, That's generally what happens, but it's one of those things. Once you start to delegate and it's funny, I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was like, I don't want to pay anybody to do the stuff I could, I could take five minutes and do, which I think is valid. You know, like it's a valid thing to be like, well, if, if this is only going to take me five minutes, but if it's not something that's in your, in your zone of excellence, if it's not something that is you're really great at and you love to do, I, there's a quadrant of like four different areas. There's the things you love to do that you're excellent at. Like you're the rock. That's your zone of fierceness. So there's the things that you are amazing at and that you love to do. That's your zone. That's that's your zone of excellence, your zone of fierceness, your zone of genius. Focus on that. Those are should be the things that you get paid for, that your clients pay you for. Then there's the things that you are um, you love to do, but you're not the best at them. And for me, that's graphic design. It's like I could take three hours to make a graphic that my designer could make in 10 minutes. <laughs> so, and then there's the things that you are you hate to do, but you're good at it. For me, that's bookkeeping. Like to go into, and I did bookkeeping at the beginning of my VA journey. And about a year in, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm good at it, but it literally sucks the life out of me. Like I can't. So now I don't, I do high level financial planning, you know, like helping my clients figure out if they can budget for a new team member or buying this Mm -hmm. program or things like that. And just knowing their numbers and understanding things but not the day-to-day bookkeeping, hiring bookkeeper. That's not me. (laughs) And then there's the things you suck at and you hate doing. And it's like, we have to figure out what those things are and get them off our plate. Whether we just say no to them, like I'm taking this whole month off of social media just because I'm like, it's just not a bucket filler for me. I just need a break. And it's not something I like get find clients on. It's more of an online resume of the things that I know. And so why stress myself out over something that really isn't super important to to me in particular, but if you can systemize or get rid of or delegate those things in particular, and then potentially the other things that like you suck at, that is going to free up so much mental space and so much energy because most of the time we end up working on those things and they just suck the life out of us. So then we don't have the time and the energy to do the like really important things or to do business development or grow our business or take on new clients because we're stuck in all of these little pokey tasks that are not, are not our, our zone as a CEO. And so I think that's the biggest thing is trying to identify what those things are in your business. And it might be different. Like there might be some CEOs who, who are fantastic and love to do graphic design, even though that's not like their niche. 
Well, maybe if that is a bucket filler for them, they continue to do that because it gives them a little bit of creative energy to then go off and do the other things. That might be something that I would like tell a client not to get rid of because it does fill their bucket where if bookkeeping is not their thing, (laughs) you know, okay, let's find you a bookkeeper. So I think it's important to identify where zones are and then try to streamline and clean up and delegate the things that just should not be on our task list. (laughs) I actually brought this up on a previous uh, episode, Tiff, because I think I, I learned this from you. I read it in a book and it resonates with me so much. Even just like right now, I had another like aha moment of like, oh yeah, like I'm good at this, but I hate doing it. Like (laughs) I, I should stop doing this in my business. So I think it's, it's something that is a really great exercise um, especially as an entrepreneur, to kind of just sit down and think about what you are, what you're good at, but also what you enjoy doing. Tiff gives great advice, and we love and use the concept of creating a zone of genius within our own businesses and within our podcast. We want you to have the same opportunity. So if that sparked something within you, we've added a download, a free download to the show notes of this episode with a quadrant worksheet for you to find your own zone of genius. We'll be back next week with Sheena Shriver, our own designer, who talks about her journey to entrepreneurship and how she left the nine to five and shares some of her insight on creating your own brand that helps you put your best foot forward with clients and prospects in the future. Until next time. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to have you connect with us on Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the show notes for our links and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And if you liked today's show, we'd greatly appreciate a review. See you next week.